In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. And today on the podcast, we have Josh Downs. Josh is a mentor, motivational speaker, a podcast host, and a father of two daughters, which is a completely foreign world to me because I have four sons. So I want to talk to you about what it's like having girls versus boys. He is a former seminary teacher and sits on the board of a nonprofit group called Love Hard that is focused on improving mental health among teenagers by turning trauma into triumph and promoting opportunities for teenagers to lift and serve those around them. He's also a podcast. He also has a podcast called The Daily Drive, where he shares daily short faith-based thoughts, principles, and stories to help his listeners better connect with themselves, others, and with God. Josh, welcome to Doing Good. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, Carmen, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk with you today. So first of all, having two girls. Tell me, (laughs) is there... Is there, is, do your girls slide down the stairs on mattresses and draw on the walls and throw balls at your chandeliers? Like people keep saying having boys is so much easier than having girls. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't think that's true. My house is a constant battle zone. What is it like having girls at your house? You know, I remember walking into a friend's house once for dinner or something and just seeing like crayon marks on the walls, holes in the walls, like just torn apart. And I was like, what happened here? And he's like, oh, this is. These are my boys. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was foreign to me. I didn't, I just, that was, I mean, I'm, I was used to tea parties and, you know, princess dresses and all that. Coloring. Yeah. Yes. You know, coloring within the lines and (laughs) stuff like that. So no, it's been a very different experience. Having said that, I did grow up in a home with, with three brothers. So I, I, with, yeah, with, with the, it, it, the idiosyncrasies of having boys and what that's like, you know, with my brothers, but it's been an absolute treat to, to be, you know, a father to two girls. It's been an eye-opening experience. I've learned so much and it's really just shaped me for the better. It's been a, a huge blessing for me. How, how old are your daughters? Uh, my oldest is 15 and my youngest is 13, both just about to turn. They have birthdays in a, a couple months. So almost 16 and 14. So, oh my goodness, they're getting up there. They are, and probably entering, I mean, really the the heart and soul of the teenage years. I mean, the most difficult, trying, exciting time of their life. Yeah, they really are. And I'm, I'm excited for them. Everybody keeps, you know, when I tell them how old they are, they say, oh, I'm so sorry. Because I, I, I'm assuming that they're supposed to be drama, you know, with, with those ages. I've been really fortunate. I don't know the reasons why, but they have been very just mellow and it's coming, Carmen. I'm sure I'm going to get it. But right now it's just been, they're just like my best friends. We go, we go fishing, shooting and hiking and we just play and have a good time. But they are, they're getting to those ages. I just started to teach my oldest how to drive. She just got a learner's permit and that has been terrifying. Oh my God. (laughs) 
I cannot imagine being yeah. behind the wheel. I'm not going to do, my husband is going to do this for sure. Yeah. Make I, sure he does because it is, it is very tense. Terrifying for sure. <laughs> We've got a church parking lot across the street and I'm like, you will live there for like the first year. Good place to start. <laughs> yeah, good place to start. <laughs> How fun. Well, so having, when did your podcast start and when did this love hard start? Was it because of your daughter's that you got into this or did this, was this kind of a dream and an idea that got started before? Boy, there is, there's a huge kind of, I guess, backstory. And it's just interesting, you know, obviously being faith-based, you know, podcasts like, like we both have in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's just fun to kind of see how the Lord just kind of leads you along a little bit by a little bit, gives you a piece here, a piece there. And so I think, I, I mean, in my background was I taught seminary for, for 10 years and and went through a, a divorce, which required me to to leave that profession behind at the time. So for years I was in medical device sales and I just always missed like that aspect of connecting with with people and teaching and helping and doing good, you know, kind of a thing in that way. So one day my sister just actually approached me and just said, hey, I was listening to a podcast. I think this is something that you could do. I really didn't know much about the podcast world or anything. So I, I, I gave it a listen. I thought, you know what, this is something I could do. So that just kind of started that whole, whole process. And then from there, it's just branched into other things, other opportunities. And, and it's kind of led to where I've, I've been able to find my way a little bit back into working with youth and, and helping motivate, inspire, and just encourage them. This is a very, very difficult period in, in just the world's history to be a young person and to be experiencing everything that they are. It's, it's true. So the more we can do to help them, just, just the better. So when, when you talk to, when, to youth and, and, and during your podcast, The Daily Drive, where you share stories and principles, are they mostly lessons that you have learned personally and throughout your life? I, I, I'm, I'm just, Speaking from experience with my own kids, when when I'm preaching to them, which I do every day, all day long, so I'm like, I have only a few more years to get out everything before <laughs> you leave, and I want to make sure I've, I've told you this. Versus saying, listen, believe it or not, I know what it's like to be your age. I know what it's like to be tempted to sin, to repent. Here's my story. Do you share a lot of your personal stories and, and with with your podcasters and with your own daughters? I do. I do a lot, you know, and there's, there's, a, and I think that's, that's important. I, you know, I, it, I went through just so much of a transformation as I went through my divorce. That was a very kind of traumatic event for me, especially being born and raised in the, the church and, and just kind of having your whole blueprint of eternity blown up. It was a very difficult thing to go through. And so it, it forced me to start asking some hard questions about myself. Like, why was I here? What, what led me to this? What, and in working with adults, I work with a lot of adults, I've been amazed at how many of our challenges and problems originate from things that happened back when we were young. You sure. know, we just kind of continue to perpetuate until we finally get to that place where we're willing to really look and, and see what's going on. So my podcast has kind of been an attempt to try to combine faith with, you know, self-help and personal development. And it's it's been amazing how easily those two can fit together. I was listening to a, a great talk by Brene Brown about shame and, and guilt, right? And one that's that's kind of been her thing. Like vulnerability yeah. is what helps us to overcome shame and guilt. And I remember listening to that and just being like, wow, I love this concept. And then I had the thought like, oh, where have I heard this before? And 
And it just hit me like, oh my gosh, back in the Garden of Eden, that's this, that's the same story. Like Adam and Eve partook of the fruit. That's where shame entered really the world. They were told to hide. And the only thing that allowed them to work through that is when they were willing to come out and to be vulnerable, you know, with who they were and what they, what they had done. And that was God. He knew exactly where they were. He just, you know, was asking Adam, where are you to give him a chance to kind of come out on his own. So when we kind of combine, I think, faith with that, those, you know, personal help and, and development, I, I was, I learned things like boundaries and codependency and enablement and self-care, all this stuff. It's all been taught throughout scriptures. It just brings a, a, an increased kind of power and, and awareness to it. And it kind of helps tie it all back to God, which is really where it all began to begin with anyway. So that's kind of the, the premise and then taking all my life stories and experiences and, and just trying to get a little bit more into these kids, like you said, before they get out into the world, yeah. kind of experience life on their own. Well, and I love that you bring the temple into it. And what's so wonderful about the temple is you can learn something new every time. It, it really is true that I, I think it was President Hinckley that said, every time I go, I learn something new. And I remember thinking, how there's no first of all you're old you've been there's no way you've been there for years and there's no way but there is and now that i'm the more i go the more i learn and it's a real thing and i and i love that you bring in that perspective too of, of shame that's the first thing that satan did is to make them feel guilty and shameful about about what they did and to hide from heavenly father and i i think it's interesting too that he tried to bring morality into it and talk about their bodies and be like, you're naked. And up until then, they didn't think there was anything wrong with that. Was anything wrong being naked around each other or, or, or about their bodies? And that was the first thing that he brought into that about being shameful about their bodies and, and looking at each other a certain way. And it, it's because he, he doesn't have one and he will never get that beautiful gift of procreation. And that's the first thing that he tried to bring in and, and separate those two. So it, it really, honestly, the temple has so many beautiful, incredible lessons. And even these teenagers that just do baptisms for the dead, so many beautiful, I mean, the symbolization of being washed clean doing work for others, looking out for other people, your ancestors, especially when those cute youth bring like their great, great grandma or grandpa into the temple and do it for them. So I would love to ask you with your, you have this amazing program in schools and you said that you, you, you promote opportunities for teenagers to lift and serve those around them. So tell us about this program that you've introduced. And then I would love to ask you the question, do you think that we are responsible for lifting and serving and helping each other. Do you think it's not just something good, but that we are actually responsible to help each other? Oh, that's such a great question. I, so again, it just, the, this program just kind of evolved and fell into place. And I'm hoping it will continue to, to grow because I really believe in it and believe in the good that it can do in, in, in schools. I was approached by, it was Bingham High School to do an assembly there and I met with some of the student leadership and was just kind of asking them like, what do you guys feel you'd like to hear about? And it was so insightful to have them say what they said. They said, you know what, we, we, we're kind of tired of hearing about, you know, social media. We're tired of hearing about bullying. We're tired of hearing about suicide. We just really, there's a lot of us that just feel alone. We don't feel connected. Interesting. 
And I thought that was really insightful. And it brought to mind a lot of different things. And, and let me just mention, I guess, where it all came from. Back about two years ago, I was on my way to Thanksgiving dinner and stopped by a gas station just to grab some some gas. And there was nobody there. It was kind of the prime time Thanksgiving dinner time. So everybody was, I'm sure, with family. And they're working alone was just a cashier. And I just, I kind of felt sorry. Like, oh, what, you know, and I asked her like, oh, how come you're not with family? She said, oh, I don't have any family or friends here. So I decided to work today so that everybody else could be with theirs. Oh. And yeah, it just kind of touched my heart a little bit. I, I ended up going to my family's and actually got a plate of food and brought it back to her and just, you know, I wanted her to have something. Oh, that is so kind. I was just, it just felt like the right thing to do. But fast forward a year later, I didn't have my girls last Thanksgiving and my family were all going to their extended families. So it was just going to kind of be me. And I remember thinking, well, I can just sit here and get some food, watch football. That's not a bad way for a guy to spend a, a day, you're right. Or I thought, you know, I could do something more. And, and so I, d- I decided to just follow up on that kind of initial experience and impression I had a year ago. And I put a, a a little feeler out there on social media to see if anybody would be interested in donating to kind of give thanks for gas, you know, and, and those people that are working during the holidays so we can be with ours. And boy, it just kind of blew up. I ended up, you know, getting about $8,000. I took a pie with a hundred dollar gift card to 40 different gas station attendants throughout the Valley. Oh, wow. And it was just the best experience Carmen that I had. And I will never not do that now for Thanksgiving. We duplicated it in a different way around Christmas. But as I was sitting there listening to those kids, I just thought, you know, what I'm, what I'm hearing is there's a lot of problems. And, and it reminded me of, of how the Lord deals with his people in Jacob chapter five, where he talks about his people as olive trees. And he, he said, you know, I'm not going to have you go and clear out all the bad at once, or you might hurt, hurt the tree. What I want you to do is to clear out the bad according as the good shall grow. And so I thought, you know, we have a tendency to, to just want to go clip the bad yep. in, in everything, right? Let's get, let's get rid of it. When in reality, I think the best thing to do is focus on increasing the good first. It's almost like putting water in the ground when you're going to pull out weeds, right? If you've ever tried to pull out weeds without putting water in the ground, it's a nightmare. They, they won't yep. come out, they, they break, they grow right back. But when you kind of put that good in, put the water in, they just, they can come right out so much easier. And so that's what kind of started this program. I thought, well, why can't we duplicate what I did during Thanksgiving, during Christmas and have these kids do it just with each other on a daily basis, come up with challenges and unique ways of giving, empowering them to do, do some good in, in, you know, with each other and look out for each other kind of a thing. So that was, that was kind of the whole genesis of it. And it just, it resonated so well with them. It was so fun to see throughout the year, all the different things that we did and that they did really to kind of lift each other, to lift their teachers, to, to lift their, their families, their friends. It was just such a great, great experience. So it's something I'm hoping we can kind of continue to duplicate in, in other schools and get them involved in that way. So anyway, that's kind of a long story how it, it all started, but that's where this, this program kind of originated from. And and do I, I feel like we have a, a responsibility? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do. It's, I think it's something that is inherent in, in all of us to, to look out for each other. 
I think we feel better when we look out for each other, when we support each other. But I, you know, there, there's balance. And you brought up a little bit earlier that, you know, we, we, there's this mentality of, I just focus on me, right? I'm going to do me. And, and I think that's good to an extent. Like we, we want to be unique. We want to be ourselves. We want to be seen, but it's, I guess I kind of would compare it to having a car, you know, I, I have the right to have the car that I want and, uh, and I have the right to, to drive it. I have the right to go where I want to go, but, but there are certain responsibilities I also have to the, the public, right? To be careful with it, to stay within bounds and the speed limit. And, and so, yeah, I think there's room for us to do us, but we do have a responsibility to, to better, you know, those around us and to lift each other, look out for each other and, and, you know, help each other in ways so that we can all get to where we want to go in the end, which is, you know, back, back with Heavenly Father, better than we were when we came here. Well, and it only helps us in the process of doing that, because when we make the world a better place, we don't just make it better for others. We make it better for ourselves, too. So I, I think this sounds like an incredible program. What is the name of the program that, that you're implementing again? So the, the name of the program is, is we're calling it LIFT. Lift. Um, L-Y-F-T, kind of like the right chair. It, okay. uh, it stands for Lift Your Fellow Teens. Lift your fellow teens. And we, we joined up with a group called Love Hard, which is a nonprofit organization that is focused on mental health and providing greater resources for schools. They, they really focus on kind of the, the deep trauma issues that a lot of students have and, and helping them work through those at a young age, where this component of that helps kind of the, just the general student body right? To just kind of get outside themselves and to make better connections. We did things like, you know, pass along cards that with different challenges to get to know different people that they didn't know to sit by others. They didn't know at lunch to give thank you notes to, you know, peers and friends. And, and then one student made the, the comment, you know, we have a lot of kids that are a lot of friends that are struggling that nobody knows anything about. Is there a way that we could kind of submit their names like the, like we do in the temple? I thought that's, that's brilliant, right? A, a lot of times we don't know the kids that are struggling as yeah. parents, as teachers, even as administrators, but you know who does? Their peers, right? Their right. They're, the, they're the first ones to know when there's, there's something changing or, or different. Right. So that's a part of what we're doing is we're implementing a program or a system where they can submit names and we can kind of put these, we're calling them lift kits together where we just don't, businesses can donate, contribute and you know, from gift cards to treats, candy. And then also um, we're having the friends that submitted the names gather just kind of notes of encouragement, things that uh, they could share that will help lift them up and putting it all together to try to give to those kids and just help lift them a little bit. So, and again, it's just been so amazing to see the, the response that something so simple can have. Oh, how cool. Not only to be a part of something like that, but can you imagine being the recipient of that as a kid, probably maybe a little embarrassing, but also- <laughs> well, We've been careful about that, right? Because we recognize like we don't want it right. obvious. So yeah, we get it to them in a, in a time and place where they, it could just be kind of just personal. A personal thing. <laughs> but, yeah. but how, like to know that someone noticed you and cares enough to reach out to you and and want you to have a better day. The, the little things that people do whenever- when I've had bad days or even just in passing mentioned some like, how are you doing? Oh, and I'm an open book. I'm, if someone asks how I'm doing, 
I will tell you, which can sometimes people are like, oh, I didn't really want to. I was just being polite. But I think you ask someone how you're doing and they say, not great. I've had the worst day. I think it's so much better to say that and be honest and tell people truly, how are you doing? Give people the, because I find that when I do, for the most part, people are like, oh my gosh, let me take your kids. Let me bring you a swig. Let me bring you dinner. The dumbest things. I had a litter of 14 puppies a couple months ago and it was insane. And you would think I had had a baby. People were calling me like, (laughs) can we take your kids for the day? Can we bring you dinner? I'm like, you guys, but it was so overwhelming and so stressful. And I was sleep deprived and it was finding families and taking care of these sweet little souls that were dependent on me was so hard. And it was just interesting and so heartwarming to see how people came together and they were like, we care about you and we want to help you. And I find that in general, people want to serve others. They want to help. And the little things like a Papa Murphy's pizza on my doorstep meant so much to me and and means so much to these kids just to have someone be like, I noticed you and I got you something or just a text like, I just want to see how you're doing or, hey, do you want to come hang out with us tonight? Can truly, it sounds like cliche, but can truly change someone's life. A teenager that is having a really hard time to know that, wait, someone cares about me can change their life. It can, it really can make all the difference. It really can. I, I, when I was uh, visiting, uh, I took my girls to go to the Oregon coast and we made a, a run through the redwood forest. And I learned something that was so profound to me. I mean, those trees are massive. I've never seen anything like them. They were- We've uh, never been. Oh, I want to go so bad. Absolutely incredible. I mean, it feels like you're stepping back in time. Like, to, Oh my goodness. It is insane how big they get. I'd served my mission in Mississippi where the littlest storms would just blow trees over all the time. And I'm sitting there thinking like, how in the world are these tall trees standing yes. as long as they have? And one of the rangers, you know, I, I, I asked the ranger, I said, boy, their roots must really go down deep. And I just figured that's the only way they could support themselves. Yeah. I said, you know what? No, it actually doesn't. They're, it's kind of like in the South, the, the roots run, run out. And I thought, well, then how are they standing up? He says, well, what's unique about them is that the root system, they actually intertwine with each other and they support each other. And that's how they're able to stand and grow as tall and as big as as they do. And I thought that's, that's brilliant. That's, you know, this is just God's little way of putting messages out there. Like this is, this is how we do it. This is how you do it. And, And it really is those little things that help us connect to each other. I'll just, I'll tell you this little story that was really quick because I think the first step, like you said, it's so important to be vulnerable, right? And to just yeah. you know, need help and when you're having a bad day. So I, I kind of in, in the assemblies, what I do that's kind of fun is I know that kids are real. Like kids don't have a problem most of the time, just like, you know, being, being genuine with yeah. how they feel. And so I'd always start out by asking, Hey, anybody here is just having a, a you know bad day. Sure enough, all the you know hands yeah. shoot up. And I, I call on one person, the first girl I called on the first th- th- time I did this, she was shocked, of course, like, oh, because I, you know, I said, hey, come on up here. Why don't you come up on the stage? Like, wait, I don't want to talk. She comes up and, and I, I just had her kind of go in the corner and had her plug her, plug her ears. And I just told the audience, I said, you know what? We're going to, we're going to lift her right here, right now. We're going to, I'm going to bring her out on stage. And I want you guys to just cheer and, and stand and clap and yell as loud as you can for her, right? And 
It's, that's exactly what happened. Brought her out and they just, the house, you know, blew up and she's almost in tears at this point. Doesn't know what to do with all this positive energy that's coming. Yeah. You know, right. away. And, and, and I gave her a couple fun things. I gave her uh, some candy and just said, Hey, hope you have a better day. And then as she was leaving, I said, Oh, I have one more thing for you. And, and I gave her a hundred dollar, hundred dollar bill. And she's just kind of like blown away. Right. And, and I, and I just said, no, I just, I want you to have this. Now, I hope that you have a better day. And then, of course, I asked anybody else having a bad day and everybody. Oh, yeah. Go raise their hand. Oh, yeah. a horrible day. Yeah, yeah. But what I found out, one of my friends, it's a seminary teacher at the school, told me that was so cool. He said that the kids came back and reported to him that this girl that got that money, she went to the cafeteria store at lunch and spent $100 on candy to go pass around to all the, the other kids at, at lunch. And I thought, you know, that's, that's wow. the power of, of doing something good of, right. Just sharing what we have with others. It kind of has a ripple effect. And as these yes. kids can kind of find ways to experience that, it, that's the goodness that I think that in a lot of ways can help them make those connections, help them to overcome anxiety and some of the de depression that is just running rampant right now in, in schools and in society. It's just, I, that's. But that's the answer. I think it, it helps us to be more grateful for what we have and, and to appreciate just the world that we're living in and, and the life that we're experiencing for good or bad, you know, because there's, there's purpose in it. So, yes. And I think that is one of the biggest downfalls of social media that it, it, the, I think the biggest joke and it, it, it does connect us with other people and it is fun to see what people that live across the country are doing that you love that you don't see very often. Yes. But it also is just really promoting yourself and what you're doing every day. And you're the one taking pictures. You're posting about yourself. You're focusing on yourself. It really what it, that's really what it is, is just, and what are you doing? And oh, what are they doing? I'm not doing that. So, and then you're comparing. And so to get teens to look outside of themselves and focus on other people, I truly think that that does help with anxiety and depression and comparison is you're not focused on you. And there's a difference between taking care of yourself and, and focusing solely on yourself. There's, it, it, we, we obviously believe in self-care and self-love. Yes. But I, I really do think there's something to the fact of when you lose your life for heavenly father's sake, that you find it. And I used to think, oh, well, when that means that you you give up everything for Heavenly Father, but, but it's, it's when, you, when you trust Him to help you serve others, he, he brings those people to you as well. Like He sends people to take care of you when you take care of others. And it's like that root system you talked about in the Redwoods that, okay, you help her and then she's going to help you. And it's not like you'll be left alone. Like, well, then I'll always be caring for someone <laughs> and no one will look after me. It comes back to you. And people will look after you and take care of you. And I love that you shared that story about that sweet girl standing on stage and getting that standing ovation and applause, even though you told them to do it. And even though like the energy and love, that is real. And I, I have a, a quick story. When we, we went to Park City a few years ago to go down the Alpine slide, and it was a, the longest line ever. No, it wasn't Park City. It was Snowbird. It was Snowbird. And there was the longest line. And at Snowbird, there's a, there's a, a little activity that you can do. 
and it's like a free fall bungee jump. And so you you get hooked up and then you jump off a ledge and you free fall for a couple seconds and then the bungee catches you and then lowers you to the ground. And everyone can watch this happen while we're waiting in line for the alpine slide. And so we were waiting. And so some of the parents sent their kids. They're like, go do the bungee jump while we're in line and then come meet back with us. So we were getting towards the front of the line and there was a huge line for this bungee jump. And we were wondering like, what is taking so long at the bungee jump line? And there was a lady that was standing there and she was all hooked up and you could tell she was terrified. terrified. (laughs) And she was like, she was an older lady, like mid forties, fifties. And she'd walk up to the ledge and she'd, and then she'd back off and then she'd walk up and then, and then she'd tell someone else to go. And they're like, we can't unhook you and have them go. Like, you need to go. You need to make, and and you could tell the workers were like, ma'am, you either need to jump or let someone else. And all these kids were like, come on, hurry up. And all the parents in line were like, why doesn't she just jump? And everyone was being all negative. So I looked at my husband and, and, and we're down watching this. And I'm like, she, that lady, I'm like, I wonder what she's going through. She, uh, this is obviously more about this jump. Like she bought a ticket to do this event that clearly she's terrified of. This is, this is about overcoming something for her. And I wonder what caused her to be like, I'm going to do this for myself. So I looked up at her and I'm like, you can do it. (laughs) And my husband was like, quite, you know, like embarrassed. And I'm like, come on. And everyone in line and there's hundreds of people turned and looked at me. And I started cheering. And then the people behind me, they're like, you got this. And they started cheering. And it was like wildfire. It spreads, doesn't it? Spread. Yep. Everyone started cheering, jump, jump. And she was looking at us like all these <laughs> strangers were clapping. And she got right up to the edge and we all ah, exploded. And then she backed off again and everyone goes, ah. <laughs> and my husband's like, ah. And, and she shook her head like, I just can't. And they're like, that's okay. And the worker's like, we'll take you down. So Brad's like, oh, he's like, wow, you almost got her. And the worker started adjusting a bungee. And all of a sudden, she looked at the worker and she ran and jumped off. Oh, no, she really did. Yep. And everyone heard and turned around. And as she's falling, everyone just exploded, jumping up and down, cheering. And now she reached the ground. It makes me teary. It's the dumbest thing. She lifted both hands in the air like this and started <laughs> and just put her hands over her eyes and started bawling. And everyone was just, it was a tangible, electric moment I will never forget. And my husband looked at me and he's like, look at what that did. That one positive, everyone's negative. And he's like, look at how that changed everything. And everyone was, it was a buzz. I will never forget the power that one person can have and just positive and cheering someone on what that can do. And I'm like, boys, I hope you never forget this, what cheering someone on can do and how, how good it, it's like, it's a physical, it's a real thing, how it can make you feel. Uh, it is. And that's it. And that's, that's my whole philosophy. Like, look at what, you know, the, the negative wasn't helping. It, it, nope. it, it wasn't doing anything. It didn't other do anything. Just, no, it was, you know, but it's the good, it's the positive that, that brings about that, that change. And so it is, it's a whole kind of, it's a mind shift and mental shift for, for a lot of us. Cause that for whatever reason, it's very, 
natural. It's almost like gravity, right? It's, it's, it's natural and it's okay. Like to, to be drawn to negativity. That's just, yes. that's the nature of, of living in a fallen world. But that's yes. when you learn to push against that and kind of break free of that and, and start to turn everything into a positive, boy, that's when not only things start to change for you, but everybody else that you're around. Absolutely. for good. And it's, that's awesome. That's a great story. Oh, it's it, great. Well, story. and I, I love, it just reminded me of your awesome assembly story and how it, it, it's, it's true how, how negativity, like you said, it, it never helps anything. And, you know, talking negatively about yourself or others or experiences that you've had, and it's okay to be real and be like, I'm having the worst day and to talk about it. That's okay. And we should be more real and authentic, I think. Yeah. But then to, to turn it around and be like, now let's spread positivity and do something good. And how it never hurts you to cheer someone else on. That's it. it, it that's hard too. And someone makes a team and you don't. Yeah. My son, he had a really good friends make a soccer team and he didn't. And it was so hard for him. And I told him, I said, when you go to school tomorrow, I want you to tell him, good job. And he's like, oh, that's going to be so hard for me. And I said, I know it is, but I want you to say, I'm proud of you. Good job. It will never hurt you. It, it's never a bad thing to cheer someone else on. And it is hard sometimes to be like, oh, swallow my pride and be like, I'm so mad you made it. And I didn't, but, but it's never a bad thing. And he did. And, and then as a result of that, he's like, mom, I want to invite that kid to come with me to splash so much more. I want to invite him to play with it. And instead of having this, now we're enemies or you're against me. And now we're, com now we're competition because we're on different teams. Now you can, you can bond together and, and be friends and cheer each other on. And, and it's hard to do, but man, how would you encourage Josh teens to do that, to, to cheer each other on when they're feeling like, ah, but I want someone to cheer me on. How would you encourage them to, to do that? Cause it is difficult sometimes. It is, you know, the, the, the whole prom, the premise behind this, this program that I'm doing, this lift is it's based on president Uchtdorf's talk, lift where you stand. And that's one of the activities that I do during the assembly is I have this big board that's up there and I have somebody, usually a teacher, somebody come sit on it. They get a few kids up there to try to, to lift and it's always a struggle. It's always hard. I ask them, what's, what would help you be able to do this a little easier? And it's always the same, more people. We need to get more people. I said, okay, go find more people. Go connect with somebody you don't know. Bring them up on the stage. And, and by the end, we have about 20, 30 kids around this board and, and I, I give them the challenge. Can you do it with just one finger? And, and they'll, I'll just put one finger up, you know, under and just, just lift this, this person up. And they can do it. And they can do it. Yeah. They, it's, it's, and it's a, it's an amazing thing for them to see and experience like how much they can do with just even a little effort of lifting where, where they stand. So I think when it comes to encouraging kids, it's, it's, it doing exactly what, what you just did with, with your son. It's, it's helping to teach them why, right? Help them to see why. Don't just tell them to do something, but help them to yeah. understand the, the, the benefits that come from it. And then just giving them opportunities and helping them to see that, you know, we're all connected and there'll be things that you'll accomplish that they won't, things that, that they'll accomplish that you won't. And it's not a competition, but when one succeeds, we really all succeed because yeah. Yeah, we are all connected in, in that way. And the more that you can focus on just being positive, more positive things are going to, to happen to you. And, and, and yeah, just kind of learning that life lesson that not everything is going to work out, right? Not yeah. everything goes the way that we want. And, and that may be a more valuable lesson to your son than getting on the team. 
Right. I, I never wanted True. to go through divorce. I never thought it, ever if that would be a part of my story, but here it is. And this is what I you know needed to experience for whatever reason. And my plan that God has for me, that's a, that was a part of it. And uh, and just trusting that things may not always go the way that we want them to, but they will go the way that they're meant to, right? That life is designed to to help us and to teach us, not to hurt us, right? That, that there's things that we're meant to learn from both the good and the bad. And so the more we yeah. learn to experience that in ourselves and accept it in ourselves, I think the more we can also learn to accept it in outside of ourselves, in life and in the way that, that it happens. It really comes down to just being vulnerable and being okay with who we are, right? Yeah, my, my parents used to say, you either win or you learn. Yeah. Instead of you win or you le- lose, you win or you learn. And it, it is true that, that when things don't happen the way you want them to, which oftentimes you do, it makes you stronger and better. And it makes those victories and, and successes so much sweeter too when, when they do happen. And you appreciate them and you're grateful for them instead of expecting things to happen and expecting to be the best at everything and expecting and you should expect miracles i love president nelson said and and elder holland expect good things expect miracles but don't but don't be entitled to them expect that they can happen with the lord but don't be like well i i should because i'm better than anyone or i'm living my life better than anyone else but expect them to happen when you're doing your best to lift and serve and help others as you've said so josh where can people listen to your daily drive and what kind what kind of topics can they expect to hear when they tune into your podcast and and is it like a little small daily motivational thing or is it like an hour-long podcast tell us a little bit about it yeah sure so it it is it's it's just daily during the week and i just based on my teaching experience just kind of knew that if i really wanted to make an impact you know and and help promote change in somebody's life it it needed to be consistent you know it needed to be and i I wanted to do something that was daily and and i also knew it needed to be relatively short if it was going to be that because we all have so much that's going on right so those three things are what i kind of focus on and again it's a combination between you know faith-based all my years teaching seminary but then everything that i've learned from becoming you know, a life coach and mentor and, and just, so there's, there's all kinds of things, topics like, you know, boundaries, codependency, overcoming addiction, people pleasing, you know, self-care as well as just parenting, mindfulness, it, it just, just a wide gamut of things. And they're basically just, again, just, yeah, short, inspirational, there's stories, thoughts, principles, a little bit of self, you know, questions at the end to promote self-reflection and hopefully lead to action for the, the day, but those are kind of the things. And then as, as always, they try to, to teach the, the, the concepts, but always tie it into to Christ, always tie it into the gospel, always tie it into your know, faith. And, and I love so it. that's the, the premise behind it. Yeah. You can find it really anywhere podcasts are Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google, awesome. all those, those places. So, and what if someone is interested in having the lift program come to their school? Do you focus mo- mostly on high schools? Do you do middle schools? And how can people get a hold of you to say, oh, we want this program or this assembly at our school? I would love, love, love for that to happen. Yeah, we're, we, we do both high school and middle schools. This summer, we're really geared up to to try to get in as many as we can for next year and try to get started early in the year. Because it's not just, it's one of the things that the school at, the schools I've met, met with have asked is, do you have something that lives beyond just an assembly? Yes, that's, that's, that's set the field for the school year. Yes. That's, what, that's what we do. So we'll go in, we'll do the assembly, we'll do a parent night. Awesome. Uh, but then we'll organize the students in a way that, and, and they have challenges throughout every week of the year. 
I love it. We're getting them the supplies and, and things that they ask for need that are donated from businesses to just take care of, of each other and to lift each other and, and let them have the ownership instead of a, a bunch of adults coming in and saying, do this, do that, you know, sure. it's, we, we're trying to turn it over to them to, to, to do that. So they can just contact me. My website is joshdowns.com. There's places there they can contact me to, to get us, get us into the schools. And we would love to do as many of them as we can this coming school year. Awesome. I think it's so great. I'm, I, I'm so excited for what you're doing and especially you know, with the teenagers right now, that's just, it's such a different world, what they're facing than what we face. I mean, I I had trials and difficulties, but man, watching my son who's 13, almost 14, I'm like, I just never, ever, ever could have imagined the pressure and, and the difficulties that, that he is facing versus, but, but something that I remind myself when I'm like, how are they going to (laughs) survive? is they were meant for this. They were born for this time. And I firmly believe that if there are parents out there listening that are like, I'm so worried about my kids and my teenagers and, and, and let that push you into helping and, and being concerned and taking appropriate steps to making sure they're okay. But also just remember they can do it. They're meant for this time. They're strong enough. I believe their spirits were reserved for now. And I also looking at my kids and my youth having my little 11 year old, barely 11 year old son, who's now a deacon because his, it's the year you turn 12 now. Mm-hmm. And my son's at FSY. It's the year you turn 14. He's barely 13. And th- they are more mature, more ready, more prepared also than I ever was to face what they're going through too. So they can do it. And thank goodness for people like you that are offering these programs and these helps for them to be exactly who they were meant to be and to be strong enough and and let that shine. Yeah, that's a great, great thought to end on because I, I believe that too. A lot of times when I meet with parents, that's one of the first things I'll remind them is just what you said. Like they, they're meant to be here for this yeah. time and, and season. And there's something in them that Heavenly Father knew it would take to be able to weather the, the storms that are out yeah. there. They're certainly up against a lot, but and then obviously the more we can do to just help and support them, you know, that absolutely would be for them. So that's great. Well, I'm so thankful for you taking the time to come on the podcast today, Josh, and for everything you are doing to make this world a better place for all the good that you are doing. Thank you so much. Well, likewise, this is a a great podcast. I'm just happy to be a part of it and grateful for all that you're doing to promote doing good. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. (laughs) And thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy, truly, all in one little app. And you can use promo code doing good, all one word at checkout, and you get a full month free. So check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com. See you soon.